So we are doing the podcast for the kingdom of God and kingdom purposes. I have been doing a daily reading of Jeremiah throughout this month, and it coincides with the 365-day uh, plan that I've been doing. This is the first time ever in my life that I have stuck to doing a Bible reading all throughout the year. I started last October, and what day did I start? Oh, September 3rd in Genesis. Um, I'm doing the Blue Letter Bible Daily Bible Reading Program chronological plan for a year. So it starts in Genesis, and then it jumps over to Job, and then it goes back to Genesis. Um, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. And then it skips around once it gets to 1 Samuel, because David wrote a lot of the Psalms. Uh, and David is in 1 Samuel, his history. So the Psalms are sprinkled all throughout. And, you know, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. I like that. Um, I think I'm done with the Psalms. But right now I'm in Jeremiah. And it's strikingly similar to... Uh, what people are talking about as the judgments that are coming upon America, where I live, and the whole earth. Um, whether or not you believe that, whether you think God is going to uh, kill off the evil of diseases, um, at this Recording, it's April 23rd, 2020, so we're in the middle of the COVID thing, coming to the end of that. I'll let you decide. I do not have formal seminary Bible, ignore that, formal seminary Bible training. Um, but I was saved in 1985, and I have studied the Bible consistently since then, so for 35 years. Last, I'd say two years, 2018, about this time, two years ago, the Lord started opening up to me scripture and saying, we're, we're in the last days of the end times. This is it. It's coming. As a matter of fact, there was uh, something I wrote, I believe it was April, of 2018 in my journal uh, maybe it was March but it said within two years and I don't call myself a prophet like I don't hold the office of a prophet but going through my notebooks that's what I've been doing a lot of the Lord told me to start in September of 2017 and go through my journals and and just look at them. Look at the things he's shown me. These aren't diaries. These are these are Bible verse, God relationship, Jesus journals. There's a little bit of, you know, went to here, there, today. 
but mostly it is what the Lord has been revealing to me. Now, I've had visions all of my Christian life, um, you know, just here and there, sprinkled throughout several significant dreams. You know, maybe I could count on two hands in the first 30 years how many visions I've had, maybe one hand. I remember the first one I had was I was sitting at a vantage point in heaven. This was right after I got saved in 1985. And I was watching a scene play out in, in a garden in heaven. And Jesus was giving assignments to angels, and all the angels were kind of milling around. Everybody was like, not a party, but it was like, you know, everybody was just talking and discussing things and waiting for when it was their turn for Jesus to give them an answer to a prayer or assignment. And then they would go and talk to Jesus and then they would leave. And I watched this for a while. And I thought, well, that's the neatest thing. You know, and I just thought maybe that's the way the Christian life is. You know, you get to see things. And well, I didn't have hardly any visions since then. I've had, I have them written, written down somewhere. And, you know, there's a, there's a handful. But in 2018, all of a sudden, the Lord, January 3rd of 2018, the Lord woke me up in the middle of the night to basically show me things are about to change. And it's coming soon. And he put me on trial of just some of the major decisions I've made about the point in time where I was at in that particular year. Namely, my marriage, where I was living, what I was doing. And I wasn't living in like blatant sin or whatever. You know, I was just kind of like pursuing my goals and dreams like everybody else and and, you know, I had my agenda and, you know, I mean, I wasn't a big time, like, sinner. I don't consider it like that. You know, I drank here and there and probably swore and, you know, things like that. But January 3rd, 2018, he said, no, no, your life right now is on trial. The person, person you have chose to marry the person laying next to you in bed why did you choose that person you know and it shocked me because I was like no that's the person that I thought you brought to me you know and this was marriage number two but 10 years earlier I was I was single and I was like Lord all I want is you well, I got impatient waiting for him to reveal himself to my liking, to the intensity of my liking, and so I pursued a guy that I hit it off with. And the Lord said, no, no, nope, that is not my will for you. And I thought, well, we've been married like six years. What do you mean? And so ever since that time, he started showing me, no, the world has changed. I need you in a different place. I have assignments for you to do. Um, and he started giving me prophetic insight. And whatever, you know, however you feel, 
whoever you know you are that's listening to this, however you feel about prophecy um, and healing the sick and raising the dead, all these things that were done in the New Testament, it's the same Holy Spirit then that it is now. We have the same Holy Spirit, the same Holy Ghost that came on Jesus in power is still working in the world today. So I started indexing. I, I quit my job to do this. I have basically, since everybody's in quarantine, I thought this is a perfect time. The Lord was impressing on me to, to uh, move into my little unfinished cabin out in rural mountainy area here and live in it as is, fix it up as I go. And this was on Passover, to come here on Passover, and do not leave. Stay for 40 days and just search the scripture, search him, seek him, spend time with him, praise and worship, pray. And to go through my journals starting end of September, especially from January 3rd of 2018, end of September of 2017. So that's what I've been doing. Um, and it's been a very eye-opening experience, very eye-opening. So this first recording that I've done in a, in a while, I started this podcast two, three weeks ago and haven't done much with it because I just didn't really know what to do with it. But if the Lord leads you to this um, and you're listening, you know, I just want you to know if you're a believer, if you believe in Jesus and you are walking in his ways, in his statutes, in his commandments, not necessarily the Ten Commandments, but if you're walking the way the Lord wants you to walk, I encourage you to read your Bible more, open your eyes, spend less time on your phone and your laptop. Yes, it's good to get the latest news, you know, on, on what's going on in the world so you know if you can go back to work or if we've declared war or someone has declared war against us, which I believe is coming. But keep that to a bare minimum, only on a need-to-know basis. And I have to work on that myself. Um, I mean, and here you are right now. You're on a podcast. Um, but what I want to do is read the scripture. Today is Jeremiah 47 and 48. Um, and I'm just going to, if I feel the Holy Spirit telling me to stop and interject, I'm going to do that. So, um, so here goes. I'm reading out of New King James. Um, I have several translations, but just for the sake of simplicity, I use this one. Jeremiah 47. And Jeremiah was a prophet. Um, so he says, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet against the Philistines before Pharaoh attacked Gaza. Thus says the Lord, behold, waters rise out of the north 
and shall be an overflowing flood. They shall overflow the land and all that is in it, the city and those who dwell within. Then the men shall cry, and all the inhabitants of the land shall wail. At the noise of the stamping hooves of his strong horses, at the rushing of his chariots, at the rumbling of his wheels, the fathers will not look back for their children, lacking courage. Because of the day that comes to plunder all the Philistines, to cut off from Tyre and Sidon, every helper who remains. For the Lord shall plunder the Philistines, the remnant of the country of Kaftor. Baldness has come upon Gaza. Ashkelon is cut off. With the remnant of their valley, how long will you cut yourself? O you sword of the Lord, how long until you are quiet? Put yourself up, up, up into your scabbard. Rest and be still. How can it be quiet, seeing the Lord has given it a charge against Ashkelon and against the seashore? There he has appointed it. Uh, so back in these days, the years of Jeremiah, B.C., of course, uh, I think my Bible tells me somewhere around 600 B.C. So God is pronouncing judgment on certain places. He has, in four, chapter 46, it was judgment on Egypt. This last one was judgment on Philistia. Chapter 48 is judgment on Moab. All of these places are over in the Middle East. Okay, against Moab. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. Woe to Nebo, for it is plundered. Kurjatham is shamed and taken. The high stronghold is shamed and dismayed. No more praise of Moab. In Heshbon they have devised evil against her. Come and let us cut her off as a nation. You also shall be cut down, O madmen. The sword shall pursue you. The voice of crying shall be from Horanaim, plundering and great destruction. Moab is destroyed. Her little ones have caused a cry to be heard. For in the ascent of Luith, they ascend with continual weeping. For in the descent of Horonim, the enemies have heard a cry of destruction. I want to interject. I am pronouncing those locations the best I can. Probably butchering them. Verse 6. Flee, save your lives, and be like the juniper in the wilderness. For because you have trusted in your works and your treasures, you also shall be taken. And Chemosh shall go forth into captivity, his priests and his princes together. And the plunderer shall come against every city. No one, <clears throat> no one shall escape. The valley also shall perish, and the plain shall be destroyed, as the Lord has spoken. Give wings to Moab, that she may flee and get away. For her cities shall be desolate without any to dwell in them. Cursed is he who does the work of the Lord deceitfully. And cursed is he who keeps back his sword from blood. Moab has been at ease from his youth. He has settled on his dregs and has not been emptied from vessel to vessel. Nor has he gone into captivity. Therefore his taste remained in him and his scent has not changed. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, 
that I shall send him wine workers who will tip him over and empty his vessels and break the bottles. Moab shall be ashamed of Chemosh, as the house of Israel was ashamed of Bethel, their confidence. How can you say we are mighty and strong men for the war? Moab is plundered and gone up from her cities. Her chosen young men have gone down to the slaughter, says the king, whose name is the Lord of hosts. The calamity of Moab is near at hand, and his affliction comes quickly. Bemoan him, all you who are around him, and all you who know his name, say, how the strong staff is broken, the beautiful rod. I want to interject here. You can exchange the word Moab for United States of America. Because haven't we all trusted in our works and our treasures? Haven't we rejected God? I'm going to say some hard things here. Um, we go to church for an hour, hour and a half on Sunday. What do we do during the week? How much time do we give to our devices and Netflix and YouTube and Instagram and Facebook? What is the accumulative hours that we give to those things? compared to the hour and a half that we give the Lord. Verse 18. O daughter inhabiting Dibon, come down from your glory and sit in thirst. For the plunder of Moab has come against you. He has destroyed your strongholds. O inhabitant of Aror, stand by the way and watch. Ask him who flees and her who escapes. Say, what has happened? Moab is shamed, for he has broken down. Wail and cry. Tell it in Arnon that Moab is plundered. And judgment has come on the plain country, on Holon and Jaza and Mepheth, on Dibon and Nebo and Beth Diblethim, on Kerjathim and Beth Gamal and Beth Meon, on Kiriath and Basra, on all the cities of the land of Moab, far or near, the horn of Moab is cut off and his arm is broken, says the Lord. Make him drunk, because he exalted himself against the Lord. Moab shall wallow in his vomit, and he shall also be in derision. For was not Israel a derision to you? Was he found among thieves? For whenever you speak of him, you shake your head in scorn. You who dwell in Moab, leave the cities and dwell in the rock, and be like the dove which makes her nest in the sides of the cave, cave's mouth. We've heard the pride of Moab. He is exceedingly proud of his loftiness and arrogance and pride and of the haughtiness of his heart. I know his wrath, says the Lord, but it is not right. His lies have made nothing right. Therefore I will wail for Moab, and I will cry out for all Moab. I will mourn for the men of Ker-Heres. O vine of Sibma, I will weep for you with the weeping of Jazer. Your plants have gone out over the sea. They reached the sea of Jazer. The plunder has fallen on your summer fruit and your vintage. Joy and gladness are taken from the plentiful field and from the land of Moab. I have caused wine to fail from the wine presses. No one will tread, you, tread with joy shouting, not joy shouting. From the cry of Heshbon to Eliyala and to Jahaz they have uttered their voice. From Zoar to Horanaim, like a three-year-old heifer, for the waters of Nimrim also shall be desolate. 
Moreover, says the Lord, I will cause to cease <clears throat> in Moab, the one who offers sacrifices in the high places and burns in incense to his gods. Therefore, my heart shall wail like flutes for Moab and like flutes for my heart shall wail for the men of Ker-Hares. Therefore, the riches they have acquired have perished. For every head shall be laid bald and every beard clipped on all the hands shall be cuts, and on the loins sackcloth, a general lamentation on all the housetops of Moab and in its streets. For I have broken Moab like a vessel in which is no pleasure, says the Lord. They shall wail how she is broken down, how Moab has turned her back with shame. So Moab shall be a derision and a dismay to all those about her. For thus says the Lord, Behold, one shall fly like an eagle and spread his wings over Moab. Kirioth is taken, and the strongholds are surprised. The mighty man's hearts in Moab on that day shall be like the heart of a woman in birth pangs. And Moab shall be destroyed as a people, because he exalted himself against the Lord. Fear in the pit and the snare shall be upon you, O inhabitant of Moab, says the Lord. He who flees from the fear shall fall into the pit. <clears throat> he who gets out of the pit shall be caught in the snare. For upon Moab, upon it, I will bring the year of their punishment, says the Lord. Those who fled stood under the shadow of Heshbon because of exhaustion. But a fire shall come out of Heshbon, and a flame from the midst of Sihon, and shall devour the brow of Moab, the crown of the head of the sons of Tumult. Woe to you, O Moab, people of Chemosh perish, for your sons have been taken captive and your daughters captive. Yet I will bring back the captives of Moab in the latter days, says the Lord. Thus far is the judgment of Moab. Any country could be, I suppose, substituted for Moab in that one. You know, this whole earth has gotten so far away from God's ways you know, I mean, other than a few little pockets here and there, I remember a vision the Lord showed me in late 2018, and I haven't come to it yet in my journals, but I was laying in bed, and it's, it's usually right as I'm falling asleep or right as I wake up. But I'm wide awake, and I'm just resting in the Lord, you know, and at the time I was married and I, you know, I'd say goodnight to my husband or whatever. And then I would just like surround myself in a, in a cocoon. I would wait until he would start snoring, you know. And then I would, and then I would be like, Lord, it's me and you time. You know, do you have anything to show me? Do you have anything to tell me? Things have been just so crazy this year in 2018 and usually he would give me a word or a vision and this one particular time we were in a hotel somewhere we were visiting someone and I was just resting in the Lord and I saw a map of the United States and it was a it was a dark map um, it was like black or smoky and here and there, it was like almost like someone lit a little match here and there. A match here, 
a match there, a little flame firing up here and there. And I would have to check my journal, but there was there was some cities that that were just really igniting, really taking off. And I don't know if it was revival fire or great awakening fire. I know a lot of people are praying for revival. And I pray that it does come. But if it does, I believe it's because, and it will take off and spread, it's because it's the last great awakening. And there won't be another awakening like this one. So if you see it coming, if you hear about the Lord working in fantastic ways, I just pray that you grab hold of that. Because if you miss this hour of his visitation, if you miss it, it's going to be very, very hard for you. Um, he's coming for his bride. He's coming for his church. And he's coming for his remnant. His church is not his bride. His church is his church. Little C. The people who go to his buildings and listen to his pastors, his shepherds, that love him and believe in him, may or may not have the Holy Spirit baptism, may or may not be born again. The testing of the church is coming. I believe those are the ones who give the Lord an hour, hour and a half on Sunday, and the rest of the week they live for themselves. They may have a Bible app verse pop up here and there. They might go to a Bible study here and there. Um, you know, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be judgmental. I'm just trying to convey what the Lord is showing me. And then there's the bride. The bride is within the church. The bride of Christ thinks about Jesus all the time. They have been called because of their attentiveness to the Lord. And so the bride is part of the ten virgins with the oil in their lamps. But half of those were kind of asleep. They didn't have enough oil. And five did, and five went into the marriage ceremony. Within the bride, okay, now in the book of Revelations, the bride, the bride is going to be carried away to a place, not raptured, carried away to a place of safekeeping when the worst of the judgments hit the world. I'm not talking about rapture. There's so much controversy about rapture. I'm not talking about rapture. When it is, where it is, what it is. Rapture, the word rapture is not in the Bible, but words that describe the rapture are there will be a catching away. There will be us being caught up into the air and the twinkling of an eye to forever be with our Lord. All of that's going to happen. 
but I am not going to touch on when pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, none of that. Everybody has their own, their own beliefs and feelings on it, and it divides the church. So I'm not going to comment on that. But in the book of Revelations, chapter 12, the bride, the woman, gives birth to a man-child. The man-child is caught up into heaven, caught up to the throne. The woman, which is the church, but I believe the bride, not the backslidden church, the bride, that woman is taken to the wilderness and kept safe. And in Revelations 12, Satan tries to go to war against the woman, but he can't because she's being safely held, Psalm 91, by the Lord. So he goes to war against her offspring. Those, the seed, those are the ones who are the backslidden church. You will be facing horrible persecutions and war. The woman is in the wilderness being kept safe in the refuge of God, being nurtured, fed, not in heaven, on earth. But the man-child is the one that's caught up to the throne. The man-child is a young and small group of people very small group. A child is small, very small, maybe 1%. The man-child is caught up to heaven. This, I believe, saints, is the first fruits offering to the Lord. This is the group that has a type of spiritual catching away and is empowered like Jesus was empowered at the River Jordan. This small group, this remnant, has crossed the Jordan in their death to self. And Jesus is willing to give the Holy Ghost power that rested on him in the Jordan baptism. This is a baptism of fire, purification. That small group will do exploits and miracles and signs and wonders and will bring in the harvest. The rest of the church has not finished their purification process. So I will elaborate more on that later. Um, I can bring scripture verse out later to back up what I'm saying. I spent a lot of time on this. Um, And I can give, I can share some more of my visions. Um, The next, the next, uh, podcast will be Jeremiah 49, The Judgment on Ammon. But this recording has gone long enough. I will sign off for now. This is Lisa.
and I pray that you accept Jesus into your heart and keep your eyes on the skies. Do not be deceived by what the enemy is planning. He is planning to counterfeit the Lord. Read your Bibles. It is coming soon. And Jesus is coming soon. God bless.